you for listening to this podcast presented by Compassion Church. We're so glad you joined us today. For more information, including service times and locations, please visit our website, compassion.cc. Now here's this week's message. compassion. Aren't you glad to be in the house of the Lord today? Amen. You guys look good. Amen. We got to, you don't think you look good. That's okay. You, you just don't want to be arrogant and prideful. I get that. That's all right. So praise God. What an amazing God we serve worthy of all of our praise and adoration. Amen. We continue our sermon series on hard knocks. Amen. Can I do something real quick before we get into our sermon Somebody I just want to celebrate in here that does a lot of work that I don't know you know how much work that person does and how much of a blessing they are to this congregation and that if that person was not serving and doing what God had called them to do, then we probably would not be where we are today as a congregation. So I want you to do me a favor today. I want us to honor uh, our pastor's wife, our pastor wife, Miss Laurie Leggett. Stand up real quick. Amen. Did I do that right? She had no idea that I was going to do that. And, you know, I just want y'all to know that if it wasn't for her, half the stuff around here would not get done. And, uh, and I know that I would be a pure tea mess. That's just the way it would be. So um, when, we, when we talk about being pastor, we are co-pastors, Amen. Uh, it is not just me, it's me and her, and uh, we make up the team. Uh, we are, many times we say this word around here, you're hearing our staff, we are pastor-led and staff-run. That's the kind of church we are, that's our model, we are pastor-led but staff-run. And when I say pastor, that is me and her, amen. So I just want you to know that today, she makes the better half of me, and uh, if I didn't have her, I don't know what I would do. So she didn't know that was coming, I just shocked the heck out of her, and uh, so... And she'll get me when I get in the car. So, tell you a story. My, my brother one day had flown down. He was actually going to speak for us here, but I was in meetings in Oklahoma City, and he was actually flying into Oklahoma City because I was there. And uh, we, we did have someone picking him up, but when my brother gets there at the airport, he walks out of the airport, and there's a guy standing there dressed real nicely with a sign that says Joey. He looks at him. Joey's like, and he's like, yeah, me. There's a real nice Cadillac Escalade SUV with the guy. So the guy opens the door for Joy. Joy gets in, and he's like, wow, John has stepped up his game. I mean, he's got so big time, he's sitting in a Cadillac Escalade with a driver to pick me up. And they get in the car and they start talking. And I think he even said to the guy, man, my brother is really, you know. And they start talking. About that time, they start talking about the hotel where they're going. To he goes, no, 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 that's not what you're taking me to. And kind of find out Joy was in the wrong car. <laughs> Listen, he knows his brother. He should have known. That's his fault, not mine. He should have known his brother. He's sitting on Cadillac. Pick him up. It was a case of 
well, mistaken identity. I guess if I could give you a title to this sermon today, it would be identity problems. Identity problems. I want you to look with me today in Exodus chapter 3, beginning with verse 7. And there's three, as you're looking at that real quick, there's three words I want you to remember. These are not my points, but I want you to remember them. Number one is attitude. Turn to your neighbor and say, you got an attitude problem. It's hilarious. I just did this at the other campus. Y'all did exactly what they did. Some of you have been wanting to say that for years. I mean, some of you turn to your neighbor and you're like, you got an attitude problem. <laughs> Here's the second word I want you to remember. Altitude. Altitude. Listen, your decisions decide your attitude. Your attitude decides your altitude. In other words, how you act, how you treat others, whether you're positive or negative, whether you're always happy or sad, whether you lift up people or tear them down, your attitude will always decide your altitude. What's your altitude? How high God can take you. Here's the third word, aptitude. Let me say this. When you get to, an out, you're to a certain altitude, your aptitude will be revealed. Let me say it this way. The higher a monkey goes up a pole, the more you can see his butt. <laughs> Took some of you. You got there, though. You know what some of you just did? You just went, oh, okay. <laughs> And see, your identity decides this. Your identity decides the kind of attitude you have. The kind of attitude you have decides the altitude you go to. And that altitude that you go to really begins to reveal your aptitude. Are you able to do the job? And let me say this. God's called you to a great work. It says in Exodus chapter 3, And the Lord said, I have surely seen the oppression of my people who are in Egypt, and I've heard their cry because of their taskmasters. For I know their sorrows. Can I tell you something today? God knows your sorrows. God knows what you're going through. So I've come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up from the land to a good and large land, to a land flowing with milk and honey, to a place of the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, and the Hevites, and the Jebusites. That's a lot of Zites. Yikes. I'm going to use that next time I say it, and I'm going to take credit for it. Now, therefore, behold, the cry of the children of Israel has come to me, and I have also seen the oppression with which the Egyptians oppress them. Now, come now. Therefore, and I will send you to Pharaoh that you may bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh, and that I should bring the children out of Israel out of Egypt? So he said, I will certainly be with you, and this shall be a sign to you that I have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you shall serve God on this mountain. Then Moses said to God, Indeed, when I come to the children of Israel and say to them, The God of your father has sent me to you, and they say to me, What is his name? What shall I say to them? And God said to Moses, I am who I am. 
And he said, this shall I say to the children of Israel. I am, I am, I am has sent you. Let's pray. God, we thank you for the word that we're about to receive. I pray that every heart and every mind will be open to receive, God, what you've got in store. And let not one, not one, leave this house the same way that you came. But let them be blessed by your word and by your presence. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. The children of Israel are in Egypt. As they're there, they are growing. They are multiplying. They are becoming a bigger and a bigger people group in Egypt. And don't you think for one moment Pharaoh has not been recognizing this. Now, the Bible tells us that this Pharaoh doesn't remember Joseph. Remember the people of Israel had come because of Joseph and now Joseph is no longer remembered and because of that nor is there respect for the children of Israel. Pharaoh begins to say to himself, if we don't do something, What's going to happen is if our enemies ever turn against us and the way that we have treated the Israelites, they will then join with our enemies and defeat us. So what does he do? He puts taskmasters to work them harder so they don't have time to think about Pharaoh. Here's the problem. He got tougher, he got harder, and they grew even more. How many of you know that right now, that you can fight against God all you want to, but all it will do is bring increase. God will continue to do what God's going to do. Amen? So they begin to increase, and then he gets more upset and begins to put more labor on them, more gathering more straw and gathering more, building more bricks and doing all of these things, and finally they cry out to God. God hears their cry, and God is going to send a man by the name of Moses. Moses has now been gone for many, many years. He used to be a prince in Egypt. He's no longer there. He is now tending the flock for his father-in-law Jethro out in the fields. And one day he sees a bush on fire. He grabs his attention. He walks over. There's a difference about this bush, though. Although on fire, it's not being burned up. Although on fire, it's not being consumed. So he walks over and he gets over to the bush. All of a sudden, the bush begins to talk to him. That would freak me out. You know what he said to the bush? Leave me alone. Did y'all get that? Leave. You know what's worse? When you don't get it, but we, I, just, I looked at Kim and I said, do you get it? She goes. <laughs> A little smile would have at least helped me some, but she goes. Yeah, we get it. It just ain't funny. I want you to know the other church laughed. So what happens? The bush begins to read right here or speak what I just read to you. I want you to go and I want you to set my people free. Now, I think at that moment I would have been so odd that whatever that tree said to me, I would have been like, yeah, yeah, for sure, you got it. Anything else? But Moses begins to argue with God. You know, it's not like God came and spoke all the time. And listen, let me say this. I don't think any of y'all, maybe you have, and if I'm incorrect, that's all right. And if you come to me after service and say he did, I'm, I'm going to look at you and smile and yeah, and shake my head. Inside, I'm going to go, you a looney tune, you're, you're cuckoo, you're, you're loco, you're cray-cray. 
Most of you probably never heard God speak in an audible voice. I'm not talking about in your spirit. I'm not talking about in your heart. I'm not talking about in your mind. I'm talking about in an audible voice. Most of you have probably not heard that. If you have, I'm probably going to judge you. But anyway. Now, do I think God can speak? I do. I think God can speak in an audible voice. I've been now a Christian most of my life. I've been a pastor for 28 years, and God's never spoken to me in an audible voice. Now, I think if God spoke in an audible voice, and I think he can, and I pray one day I wish he would, but if he did, you better hear me. I'm going, yes, sir. That's it. I'm going, yes, sir. But Moses does not. Moses struggles. Moses is arguing. You know, you know what? Anytime I see this story, I'm a visual thinker. When I, when I, when I think about that, I see the, the, the actual picture in my mind. And I've got this picture of friends walking by Moses, and they're going, is he talking to a bush? Robin, is, is, is he talking to a bush? And they're going, yep. They're like, he's crazy. He's lost his mind. He's been out here with the animals too long. He needs some conversation. And the bush is Wilson from, what's that show? Castaway. That bush has become Wilson. Now, let me explain something to you. What, what's going on? Why is this happening? I'm going to give you four reasons what's going on here today, and I want you to write them down. Number one, personal identity. What is your personal identity? Remember I talked about attitude? Some of you got attitude problems. Let me tell you, your attitude. Yeah, I'm not just talking about attitude and being a jerk. Some of you are. Just be honest. Don't, don't look at your neighbor. But some of you are. You, you, got, you got an attitude problem, you're a jerk. Some of your attitude problem is it's an anger problem. You get mad all the live long time. You're mad about everything. Every little thing you get mad about. And you call it self-righteous. I mean, you call it a, a righteous anger. It ain't righteous anger. You just got an attitude problem. You got an anger problem. For some of you, it's not an anger problem. For some of you, it's an anxiety problem. Your attitude is you're afraid of everything. <laughs> you're afraid of everything. Every little thing comes out. We used to have a guy here years ago, big old tall guy, love him to death. He's, he's big. He's a big guy, but I walk up sometimes. He didn't know I was coming. I'd just tell he'd go. He would literally, he'd go, huh, and he'd jump. And I'm like, how can you be that big and be that afraid? But he had an anxiety problem. So his attitude always was skittish. He's afraid to do stuff, try stuff, go out. He was always afraid. Some of you, it's not an anger problem. It's, it's, it's not a, an anxiety problem. It's just some of you are just aggressive. And let me tell you what I mean. I'm not talking about a mean way, but you want things the way you want it. And if you don't get it the way you want it, you're going to make it known. Here's the problem with that. The way you want it known always means it's the right way. And you being aggressive, and listen, many times the problem is we just don't know who we are. We don't know our identity. We really don't know who we are. Listen, I did that when I first got into pastoring. I didn't know my identity. So uh, every Sunday I was somebody different. One Sunday I was T.D. Jakes. Tell them, baby, I was. Woo! I'd be on Sunday. Oh, <laughs> And I thought if I did a certain thing, and, ugh, yeah. then the next Sunday I wanted to see wise. So I was, uh, you know, I'd come up and go, Oh, thy mighty God who dwells in the heavenly abode, how mighty is thy name. Every 
Sunday, I was somebody else. Then some Sundays, I was my dad. And in other words, I was having an identity. I didn't have my personal identity, so I was trying to create it. See, for some of you, you don't know who you are. You want to know who you are? Ask some of your friends. And let me throw something out there real quick. If you just at that moment said, I don't have a lot. I think you answered your question. Or if you're always losing friends, you have friends for a while, they're always leaving you. It's like being married. You've been married 25 times. You ain't unlucky. You're a bad husband. You're not unlucky. You're a bad wife. After a while, you can't keep blaming everybody else for the place that you're in in your life. You've got to learn to be more, and here's another A word for you, self-aware. We were at a, I had to teach in South Carolina Monday through Wednesday, and we just got back Wednesday night. And I'm at the table, and I could do something, and it's going to shock y'all. You're probably not used to this from me. I can joke a lot. And we're at a table, and I'm joking. I'm across this table from a pastor of a big church, and we're sitting there. And he's kind of a conservative kind of guy. I would say that. Yeah, he's kind of conservative. He's not kind of loose like me, cool like me. And I can't help myself. I have a tendency, if I, if I get in a situation that makes me a little bit anxious, I get a little bit, I joke more. Anybody do that? I, I joke more. So I'm joking. About that time, I feel this thing hit my leg. And I know what it is. In fact, in that little thing that hit my leg, it said a whole phrase. And I know what the phrase was. The phrase was, you were joking too much. Would you please stop? You're embarrassing me. You're embarrassing yourself. Could you please stop right now? You know what they think? It was my wife's leg. She goes. Now, the problem is she doesn't know when she does that, it throws me off because I'm like, oh, my God, now I'm joking too much. What do I do? Oh, thy mighty God, it's so good to be sitting with y'all today. So afterwards, I'm like, would you stop kicking me under the table? It throws me off. I don't know what to do. But in other words, she was saying, you're not being self-aware, so I'm going to be aware for you. Who's your identity? What is your identity? Who are you? If you don't know, ask some friends. Now, get ready. Get ready. And don't ask the friends that you know they're going to tell you all the good stuff. But see, you need to know who you are in Christ. You need to know who you are in God. In fact, that brings me to another one. Right, number two, write this down. Mistaken identity. Mistaken identity. Then Moses said to God, Indeed, when I come to the children of Israel and say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me to you, and say to them, What is his name? What shall I say? In other words, he didn't know. Can I tell you why you are struggling with a personal identity problem? Because you've mistaken the identity of God. If you would know who God is, can I say something to you? Just be ready. I'm going to freak you out. If you would ever really know who God is, you would never worry another day in your life. If you would ever really know the identity of God, I love what he says. Tell them the I am. I'm sure Moses goes, I'm sorry. Is there a better name that I can give you? The I am. Can I tell you why he said the I am? Who's going to fix my problem? I am. Who's going to always be here for me? Oh, I am. 
Who's going to be the one who delivers me out of the, the bondage of the Egyptians? I am. Who's going to bring healing to my body? I am. Who's going to restore my marriage? Oh, yeah, I am. Hallelujah. Who's going to do it? I am. See, that's what he was saying to Moses. That's all you need to know. And in other words, Moses, as you're saying that to them, guess what? Maybe you should have a glimpse of it too. Who's going to help you? Oh, I am, Moses. I am. See, we will continue to struggle with our personal identity as long as we continue to mistake God's identity. The moment you know who God is and understand who God is, it will then change your identity. Can I tell you, there, there's, I still struggle all the time with, am I able to do this? Did God call me to do this? There's got to be someone better to me. But when I do, I hear God say, I am the one who called you. I am the one who appointed you. I am the one who put you the pastor over this church. And I am the one who will bless you and take care of you and grow this church. I am. Number three. Identity crisis. The moment that we don't deal with our mistaken identity of God, listen to what he does. Then Moses answered, and this is Exodus 4.1, and said, But suppose they will not believe me or listen to my voice. Suppose they say the Lord has not appeared to you. So the Lord said to me, What is that in your hand? Let me stop there. Number three, write this down. Identity crisis. Can I tell you what will lead you to have an identity crisis? is when you start basing who you are off of what others think about you. The only person I have to be is who God's called me to be. Now let me stop there because I want you to hear me. Because well, Pat, you just said we need to ask our friends. Yes, you need to ask your friends. But let me say this to you. Don't be flippant. Because you people who go, I don't care what people think, you're lying. The more you tout that phrase, the more you prove you do. But let me say this, don't be a Saul who allowed himself to be a people pleaser to the place that he would disregard God. You have to learn to stop being people pleasers and trying to make everybody else happy. You've got to learn to be who God's called you to be because if you'll be who God's called you to be, you won't have an identity crisis. In fact, what you'll do is start having identity confidence that I am who God called me to be and it doesn't matter what others say about me and it doesn't matter if people put me down. And it, doesn't, it doesn't matter. I am who God called me to be. It's not always easy, but it's necessary. God has called you to be who he's called you to be. Here's the last one. Identity theft. Identity theft. Now listen to this. I, I don't understand. He, he's literally having arguments with God. Listen to what he says next to God. But he said, oh Lord, please, sin by the hand of whoever else you may sin. In other words, to God, I can't do it. I can't do it. For some of you today, you keep letting your mistaken identity rob and steal the identity God's given you. Because let me say this as I'm closing it. If God's told you you can do it, you can do it. If God's appointed you over that task, it's his will and purpose for your life. 
If God said, this is what I've called you, listen, there are times that I will struggle. And there are times that I will have issues. But can I tell you today, every moment that I struggle with, with who God's called me to be, I'll still come back to the revelation of this. If God's called me, it doesn't matter how I think or what others think. All I know if God's called me, then I can do it. I can do it. See, for some of you, you've allowed your worries, your fears, your doubts, you've allowed all of that to steal your God-given identity. You've allowed that to rob you of what God has in store for you. God called you to be who he called you to be. Listen to what he says right here. So the anger of the Lord was kindled against Moses. And he said, listen, is not Aaron the Levite your brother? Finally, this is what God does. He relents. And he says, okay. Then go get your brother Aaron. See, let me, let me say this to you. God won't make you do something you don't want to do. That's the kind of God that he is. But he'll give it to somebody else. And he says to Moses, Moses, then go get your go get Aaron. I'll let him do it. I'll let Aaron do it. I don't want you to lose the plans and the purpose that God has for you. And can I tell you the only thing you have to do to receive the purpose and the plans that God has for you is this. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. All Moses had to say to God in that moment was, yes, Lord, I'll do it. But I don't know what I'm going to do. It doesn't matter. Just say, yes, Lord. I don't know how I'm going to work it out. It doesn't matter. Yes, Lord. It, it doesn't, I, I'm afraid I'll mess up and I'm afraid I'll screw up. It doesn't matter. Just say, yes, Lord. God, I want my identity to be in you. I want my identity to be in you. That who I am is who you've called me to be. I know that he can speak well. And look, he is also coming out to meet you. When he sees you, he'll be glad in his heart. How many know that God always has the plan worked out? Let me tell you what he said to Moses. You know what, Moses? You're right. Aaron can speak better than you. You're right. But I didn't call Aaron just because he could speak well. I called you because I had a plan for you. And every one of you today, God has a plan for you, a purpose. Here's my question. What is your identity? I know my identity. I'm called to be a pastor and a preacher, a leader and a vision caster. Outside of those things, it doesn't matter because those are the three things God's called me to be. I want you to bow your head, close your eyes. Would you stand with me today? If you're here today and you're struggling with your identity, who you are in Christ Jesus, I want you to raise your hand right now. Yes.
Lord, I pray for every hand that is raised. Lord, I ask in the mighty name of Jesus Christ that, Lord, you would reveal to them today your identity, their personal identity. But, Lord, to do that, they must know your identity, to stop mistaking it and not knowing it. That they got to know you personally, Lord, to know who God is. And, Lord, for those today that are in an identity crisis, they're struggling, fighting. Lord, I pray today that you would stop letting the enemy steal their identity, that they would know who they are in God, who they are in Christ. I pray right now. With every head bowed, every eye closed, I have one more question. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, say, Pastor, I to die today. I don't know whether I'm going to heaven or hell. If you're here today and you would like to give your heart life to Christ, it is so simple. Just admit that you're a sinner in need of God's grace and wonderful love. Believe that he is the son of the living God, died on a cross for you, rose on the third day. And with your mouth, confess him, Lord, of your life, and you shall be saved. If that's you today and you'd like to give your heart and life to Christ, raise your hand right now. Amen. Amen. I've seen two give God praise right now. I want all of you right here, right now, loud and proud, not just the two that raise their hand, but I want all of you to say this prayer with me. Say it loud. Say it proud. Say, Dear Jesus, I invite you to my heart and into my life. Forgive me of all my sins and all my ways. I repent and I come to you and ask you to be the Lord and Savior of my life forever and ever. Amen. Give God praise. We are so happy that you joined us today. Here at Compassion, we value family, which means we value you. If there's any way that we can be praying for you and believing with you for something, please make sure that you let us know. You guys have a great week, and we'll see you here next Sunday. Thank you for listening to this podcast presented by Compassion Church. We're so glad you joined us today. For more information, including service times and locations, please visit our website, compassion.cc.